Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, relates our provision from God to a box of parts waiting to be assembled. We have access to a complete provision, but if we do not read the manual and spend quality time with our instructor, we won't be able to see the fullness of all that we have received. Are you guys ready for something practical this morning? Yes. Yes. I always am looking for something I can take home. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There is several things that I want you to listen closely here. Number one, your The eyes of your heart must be enlightened. There has to be an opening of our eyes. For what? For you to know what is the hope of his calling. There's a hope of his calling for each one of us. And what more? The riches of the glory of his inheritance. What is inheritance? Something that you're going to receive that's yours. Because in Christ, you have been adopted. When you're adopted into a family, everything that belongs to that family is yours. But on on the other hand, a lot of times we as Christians, we sometimes walk as we have nothing. And that to me is what I want to talk about here this morning. We need our eyes to be opened. And we need to be able to see everything that really has been made available for us. I think that if at the cross Christ said it is done, it's done. (laughs) Everything that he had to do was completed. It doesn't mean that I am walking in everything that's mine. Does it make sense? And until I realize that, I'm going to keep walking in in my limitations, waiting for something to happen. But everything that is supposed to happen already happened. So it is like a paradox. And I want to talk a little bit about this, because one example that I'm going to use here this morning, and that's why, you know, I was waiting and praying all day yesterday, and this example came to me, and it's so simple. And I'm like, why are you using such a simple example? Because I think that we do that with God. We want everything fast, instantaneous, fast food, microwave, right? Just give me one thing, and I'm going to do it, and that's it, right? And God is in the process. You know, I was thinking about that as parents. We, we 
don't like when their children are sick. You know, and when they get hurt and they break a leg, you know, and, but you cannot eliminate that. Even the hardship of growing up, because that's part of what creates the family, creates the love, creates the memories. And it is the process of growing up and process of maturing. But we don't like the process. <laughs> right? Why don't, you know, God comes here with a magic wand and changes me. Right? And move, changes all my problems and changes especially my neighbors. Right? I'm going to pray all night, and then next morning, my wife is different. <laughs> and my children are behaving perfectly. But the process is God's going to use you to change you in the process first. And in the process, everybody's going to change, and everybody's going to mature. But like I said, we don't like the process. I like to, I, I bought something for my car, and I got it from Amazon two weeks ago, and it's still in the box. And I, I thought about that, you know, sometimes God's provision is like a box that comes with a thousand parts, like the Bible. A million parts here, a million promises. A million provisions that I need to take the time to put together. I need to, first of all, read the instructions. <laughs> oh, I had to read the Bible? But I don't understand it. That's part of the process. Part of the process is you developing the understanding. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. But if you don't even start, they will never be enlightened. If you don't start with the first step of the instructions, the manual, who loves to read manuals? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody loves to read manuals. And then a lot of times you put things together and there are some parts left over, right? So, oh. <laughs> and then you wonder why it's not working. Are you guys getting this? Yes. I said it's going to be simple but practical. God is, has provided everything. Let me go there really quick. 2 Peter 1, 2-4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything. It's not saying he will grant to you everything. It's not something in the future. He's saying he has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge. Knowledge. We have to have knowledge. We have to have understanding. We have to put on a new mind. Put on the mind of Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because with my own mind, I'm not going to get this knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by this he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Isn't that huge? 
I look at myself, I'm not partaking of the divine nature yet. <laughs> but he's saying here that it has been provided. All the parts are in that box. Yeah. All the instructions are in the manual. But if I, I try to jump over the process, I'm gonna, I think I, I've been in church long enough. I don't need to follow the steps one, two, and three. I'm just going to jump to the end of the chapter here. And then it doesn't work. And then uh, that's the problem a lot of times that I, I think is we walk frustrated. Because we, in one sense, we believe in everything. But in the other hand, on the other hand, we don't walk in everything. We have not changed or we have not matured through the process, right? I was joking about you pray all night and then you want your neighbor to change, but maybe your neighbor doesn't need to change. Maybe I need to change. And maybe God is using my neighbor as a tool to expose something in my heart that I need to go back to God and not judge my neighbor because that is not really following the instructions, right? Jesus said, judge not. He's saying, why don't you come and make yourself right with me first? Amen. Anybody here with me still? So, Salvation is a free gift from God. You did not earn it. You did not even deserve it. You didn't work for it. A lot of us didn't even ask for it. It was just provided for us as a gift. And it's complete and perfect. The problem is that it's not assembled. <laughs> the problem is that it includes some of my effort. You know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There are things that we need to do, not just to be aware of the provision, but to appropriate the provision. So you guys got the example of the box, right? You get a box, it's a free gift. I was thinking about that. Can you imagine getting a, a Ferrari? What a great gift. But then it's all in little boxes and you have to put it together. <laughs> you wouldn't really have to read the manual to do that, right? <laughs> so that's one example. The other example that I thought was you have a, a, a child, and you open a bank account and said, here is all the money for all the education, all the way through college. Having the provision does not make your child graduate from college. The child still has to go through the process. Kindergarten, even though they have all the provision, Hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? 
Everything is there ready. The Father has provided everything, but you still need to go through the process. You still need to take the test. You still need to read the books. I've been thinking about salvation is a free gift from God. Everything has been provided. But to walk in the fullness of it, I need to grow. I need to grow in understanding. I need to grow in knowledge. Our provision and promises from God are like a free gift. That's the good news. The bad news is that you have to put it together. <laughs> you have to make it work for yourself. You have to walk according to the principles. And a lot of times the principles are related to our relationships. We read Ephesians 1, and later, Ephesians 4, Paul talks about apostles and prophets. And how do we grow? By speaking the truth to one another in love. We grow by that which every joint supplies. So that's part of putting the box, the gift together, is us walking in oneness as a family. You have all the parts. But until you're able to understand and follow the instructions, you're not going to have the results of that gift that you have received already. The question is not if you have it. It is a provision. It's being given to you. The question is, how am I walking in it? I'm going to read out of Luke 4. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as was his custom. He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. And the book of Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. If Jesus said that, I'm not, not going to argue with him. <laughs> right? He said that that scripture has been fulfilled. And once God does something, it's done. So what he was saying here is very important because, number one, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. If you were a little Jewish person in that day, in that synagogue, when you heard the word anointed, you would go like, oh, Messiah. This is the Messiah. And the Messiah came to deliver Israel. He came to 
fulfill the prophecies about the Messiah. I mean, Isaiah 61 is a prophecy about the Messiah. Right? And when they heard him reading that, oh, I know what is happening here. This is a fulfillment. This is a very important prophecy being opened right before my eyes. And he said, this day it has been fulfilled. And what was fulfilled? Release of captivity. New vision. And the end of oppression. What holds you back? What are the areas that you don't have eyes to see? That Paul was praying for, for you. I pray that your eyes be enlightened. I pray that you receive a new vision. A new vision of what? Of what is provided for you. What is your inheritance? What is all the riches of his glory in the saints? In the end of oppression, what is oppressing you? What are the spirits that still rule over us? Because when he was saying, this is the favorable year of the Lord, he was saying, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the paying of all your debts. Everything that belonged to you returns to you now. Everything that was taken away from you is back in your possession. So that, this is huge. If you really understand the scriptures behind it, there's a, a deep meaning in everything, each word that he's saying. So the, great, the greatest form of captivity is our lack of awareness. If you don't know what you have available to you, you're captive. Right? It is a blindness of not seeing what you can have and what you can be. And that's part of the, the end of oppression. Because you're, you're limited. This is why the gospel is such a powerful message. That's why some countries restrict the message of the gospel. Because once people realize that they can be free, revolutions can start. And oppressing governments will be taken down. You know, and when you, you're born again, you go like, oh my God, I can be this. I can do this. I don't need to be bound by the curses of my family and my ge genealogy. I can be a new person. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. And I bless that for us because this is what I am looking for. Lord, Lord open the eyes of our hearts. We need to be able to see everything that has been provided already that I need to put together. I need to assemble my salvation and make it work for me. Second Corinthians 4, verse 3, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. There is a war 
to keep us in bondage. There is a war to keep people unaware of what has been made available for them. It's the war of unbelief. You know, if you don't know, you cannot believe. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. When you hear the word, then that instigates faith in you. And that's what I'm trying to do here this morning. There is more for us to walk in. And there's more available in this package of a free gift from God that we need to find out through knowledge, through the light of the Holy Spirit, how to put it together. This blindness keeps us from seeing the light. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, every day I have to wake up and say, am I a new creature today? And if not, why not? What are the things that are holding me back? What are the things that are blinding my vision? And what are the things that are oppressing me? And then I go back to the, my manual and the, what are the parts that I'm not putting together to make this gift work? Because the problem is not with the gift. You know, God did not send you a salvation with some missing parts. <laughs> he made a perfect provision. Hebrews talks about a perfect sacrifice once and for all. Does, he does not need to go to the cross again to you know, provide a very special salvation for me because it's not enough what he did. Does it make sense? What he did is enough for the whole world throughout eternity. So this is something that I ask myself, am I a new person? And if not, I have the right to know and understand. Do I know really what has been made available for each one of us through Christ? Or I, I accept this package, but I don't take the time to study it. You know, and then I, I, I put that box in the shelf and say, yeah, one day that thing is going to start working for me. You know, I'm going to keep praying for that box, and all the parts are going to come together at night, like, you know, those movies, you know, Toy Story, you know, the toys are going to start moving around and, and, you know, and all the parts are going to, you know, and everything is going to be fine. Or if I shake that box, you know, all the parts are going to find itself. No, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to take me taking the time and say, okay, what are the steps that I'm missing? What are the simple steps that I can take each day to experience this salvation in a fullness? I bless this for us because I, I know and I am driven for this. I'm driven like Daniel <laughs> in Babylon, reading the prophet 
Right? What is going on here? Why, why, what does it mean? What does this 70 weeks mean? What is it that's available for us? What is the next steps? You know, and we are the house of the prophet. So we, we need to know what God is doing and what's going to happen next. So that's my drive always. I need to understand. And one thing that always amazes me is how much God is awesome. And how much the more we study, the more we, we deepen our understanding of the scriptures, there's a plan going on that's way above and beyond what we can ask or think. But that, even that is not enough. <laughs> Because I want that in my day. I need that, not in, into a distant future. I need every day to take a little step and be changed. Amen? Let's go to John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Did you know that you have right to become children of God? This is huge. Because it, it, it was not like that. If you have, given the, you have been given this right, because you did not have it before. <laughs> or it was taken away from you at the fall, and Christ came to give that back to you. This is what the restoration of creation is. What was lost through Adam and Eve is being restored to us through Christ. What is that? This relationship with God. Almighty, the Creator. And then, of course, you can continue reading here, and it's beautiful. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Lord, how do we go from here? You know, that's my prayer. What is the, my next step? I was talking to a, a pastor yesterday, and we were just talking about church and what we are supposed to do, and we were saying, we, we don't change people. Changing people is not our job. Our job is to love people. Our job is to pray for people. Let God do his job, and let's do our job. Galatians 4, 4 to 9. And when the fullness of the time came, I'm giving you a series of scriptures that if you go back and you keep reading them, it will build up your faith. And even if it sometimes it may be way like, I don't understand exactly this, don't worry. Don't worry. I, 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 a lot of times I, I read contracts, 
and I don't understand anything. But then we go to the lawyers, and they explain it to us, right? They understand, and that's our, the Holy Spirit. That's the, the job of the Holy Spirit. So when you read something in the scriptures that you don't understand, don't put it back in the shelf. Go back to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, can you explain this to me? Can you open the eyes of my heart? Can you open my ears and my mind so I can really understand? Because you wrote this, right? The scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. So he should be able to tell you everything. And that's our job. Galatians 4, 4, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. I love this. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. Are you guys getting this? But now that you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? Does it make sense? He's saying, he came and set you free. Now you have God. You were not sons, but now you're sons. You, you were not part of this family. You were under other gods, so you have to stay here. Don't go back, you know, to those things that were oppressing you, blinding you, enslaving you. So, however, at that time, verse 8, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. What are the things that hold you back? What are the things that keep limiting your vision? I'm not gonna give you the answer. But I'm telling you, ask yourself. That's part of our waiting on the Lord. That's part of our, us putting this salvation kit together. Because we need to know, you know, is it a conditioning from childhood that blinds your eyes? Is it some experience of the past that keeps you in a bondage, in a way of thinking about yourself? And that is part of the process of putting this package together. You, you're going to have to work. It's going to take some time. And I bless us all to do that. Another great passage here, Colossians 1, 13 to 20. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness, 
This is all in the past. It's being done. But we, as the people of Israel, what happened? They left Egypt. The next thing that they do is they build a golden calf. They want to go back to serve the same oppressions, the same false gods. And we have that tendency to go back to what we are used to. When God came through Jesus to set us free of everything, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Part of this process of us understanding is related to our maturity. And maturity is related to obedience. It says that Jesus learned obedience. Obedience to what? Not to me, don't worry. It's obedience to these instructions of the manual. Obedience to the principles, to make it work. This is the reality. We have a provision, but we must have a, a reality by our, our appropriation. You have all been, have the provision that you need. We all have a perfect provision. Now we are looking for, Lord, open my eyes. Yeah. Guide me each day. How can I, I walk in this? How I can appropriate this? I bless this for us because what is important for me here is when Jesus entered that synagogue, he was inaugurating this age of jubilee that we can experience a freedom. We can be set free. You know, that's why Paul says, in Christ there is no Jew or Greek slave or free man or woman because he came breaking a lot of the rules of society of culture saying no you don't have to be what you were yesterday that's why in Christ you're a new creature and to me it's not enough for me to have that as a hope and only a provision for some time in the future my, I, my drive is to find Lord I want to experience that today. Yes. Even if it is one piece of the puzzle a day. Yeah. If I make that slow of progress, it's better than no progress. So Lord, we, we, we determine together as a family. You know, like Ephesians 4 talks about, by that which every joint supplies, we make increase, we grow, we mature to what? to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Amen. We bless this this morning. Amen. 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 Love this. I love you. I was looking forward for, to bring this word. But I want this to be something that the Holy Spirit can use. More than my words, more than my selection of scriptures, that's not it. What I'm looking for is like having attentive ears. Yes. 
Because God is always speaking to us. Like I use the example of, you know, I'm going to pray for that person to change. And I, a lot of times, uh, God is giving me a burden to pray for that person. Or to go talk and love that person. And go just to listen and relate to that person. And not the, the, the goal is not that person to change. The goal is for me to become a channel of God. You know, and, and it's so easy for us to become God's inspectors. Right? Oh, that person needs that. Oh, man, that, woo! That person needs help. And then when we do that, we are missing the point. You know, because he's saying, no, no, you love that person. You pray for that person. You be my heart. You'll be my hands to bless that person. And I bless that for us. Can we get the band up here and stand up? Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.